We're going to start our scriptures with uh, something from the Old Testament, Isaiah 58, 1 through 12. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please, Exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will, will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls. So who are you rooting for? Atlanta? Who are you rooting for? The Giants? I'm rooting for the Titans, I know. (laughs) Anybody really care? No, who's rooting for some good food? <laughs> what, Katie? All right. Um, I don't know. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Who do you think God is rooting for in these two teams, the Patriots and the Falcons? <laughs> Rob just said, clearly the Falcons. <laughs> and not the Patriots. And not the Patriots. Wow, Okay. Did you hear that one directly? (laughs) I'm not sure God really cares. 
But isn't it interesting that most often when we like something or someone, we project that on God and say, God must like that person or that thing too. And don't we often do this if we don't like someone or something? Clearly God doesn't like them either. This is always a good thing for us to humbly ask ourselves, um, does God really not like the person that I don't like? Or am I projecting that on God? Very often, the humbling answer is, well, I really need to zoom out a little bit bigger because God is God and God is not as petty as I am. Um, a friend of mine was, was uh, invited to pray at, at an SMU football game. Now, football's big at SMU, Southern Methodist University, and so the prayer before the game is equally important. They treated this colleague of mine like a king. They put him up in a hotel. They made sure he got a limo to the, game, to the stadium. They put him in a golf cart and took him into the stadium to the center line, to the 50-yard line. The microphone was there. He steps up to the mic and he says, God, 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 God. We know you really don't care who wins this game. Just keep the boys safe. There was silence. <laughs> he was never invited back. <laughs> I read something from Peyton Manning that I thought was very interesting. Peyton was asked, do you pray for the outcome of a game? He said this, uh, yes, I pray, but I don't pray for victory. No, except as a generic thing, I pray to keep both teams injury-free and personally that I use whatever talent I have to the best of my ability. But I don't think God really cares about who wins football games, except as winning might influence the character of some person or group. Not bad. You know, we... We want to know God's will for us. We want to know God's will for decisions that we face. We come to church hoping to catch a glimpse of what God might be guiding us towards. We need Christian community to help bounce those ideas around, to discern together. Is this really something that God is calling for? for one of us, for all of us. That's one of the reasons why we're meeting on Tuesday for a special church conference to help Dr. Su Jung Shin discern if God is really calling her to pursue ordination. And we as a congregation do that together. We pray for one another. We pray to discern how we can support what God is doing in each other's lives. And, and we look for clarity. We, we are here because we want to do God's will for ourselves, our families, our careers, our community, our nation, our world. And God knows that and puts people in our lives that help guide us and shape us. And God's been doing that for thousands of years. One of the reasons why we come to church and we come to worship is to listen to scriptures and hear what God said to the people then that might be helpful for us now. 
And God often speaks through, through the prophets. The prophet Isaiah, who, who comes up again and again in our lectionary this year, said to the people of Israel, your worship is, 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 is good, your spiritual practices are good, but if that's not taking you out into the world to make a difference in the lives of poor, vulnerable people, then your worship is, is really missing something. He said it a lot more um, crassly than I just did. Let me just read from, from the message. So Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel. No, he's not speaking to them. He's shouting at them. I've got a second service today, so I'm not going to shout. But listen, listen to this. In Isaiah 58, shout, a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here it comes. Face my family, Jacob, with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain. They say, God, why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why, Isaiah says. The bottom line is your fast days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast, but at the same time you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think this is the kind of fast day I'm after? A day to show off humility? To put on a pious long face and parade around solemnly in black? Do you call that fasting? A fast day that I, your God, would like? This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. To rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry. Inviting the homeless poor into your homes. Putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad being available to your own families. Do this, and the light will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage, and when you pray, God will answer. You call out for help, and I'll say, here I am. Do you hear 
the difference that Isaiah is making between religious, pious activity and caring for those who are in need. And he's saying to the people of Israel then and to us now, this is what pleases God. Feed those who are hungry. Care for those who are homeless. Put clothes on those who have no clothes and be present to your own families. Just be present to them. That is pleasing to God. And so in these next few hours, even today, we will have an opportunity to be present to someone. I think God delights in the community that happens on Super Bowl Sunday. We will continue to have the opportunity, thanks to Kate Ziegler, to give food and give money to those who are hungry. That brings joy to God. There's something that happens on the Morristown Green throughout the winter. You know those statues of, I think it's Washington, Lafayette, and Hamilton? It's in front of the Methodist Church. And people knit hats and put the hats on those statues for homeless people to come and take them off and put them on their own heads. How can we give clothing to those who are naked and cold? How can we care for people who are homeless, not only those who are living without a roof over their heads, but there are people who are living with roofs over their heads, but they are homeless. How can we care for them? Friends, when we do that activity regularly, every day, it puts us in the flow of God's love. And the scriptures say, when we do that, the lights will go on. And God will be so close to us that when we say, God, we need you, God will say almost a whisper, here I am. Here I am in the midst of all that you're doing and all of the efforts of care and all of the acts of justice and kindness that you're doing. God is so close to us when we are in that flow, when we are doing those things. This will benefit us, and it will benefit those who are outside of the walls of the church. And that's our call. May it be so. Amen.